Welcome back to Jackie Just Chatters. Here we are with the second half of our interview with Cara Infante as she tells us about her adventures while living in Sicily, Italy. Me and my listeners, we're, we're dying to know what was it like to live there? We, we want some good Sicily stories. Lay it on yeah. us. <laughs> um, so... Sicily is, in general, it's, I would call it the Wild West of Italy. It's, if you've traveled in Italy, you've probably seen the driving, which will give you a good idea of what I'm talking about. When we moved to Sicily, we were going to be there for three years, so I was going to have to learn. I was going to have to figure this out. Thankfully, where the military base is, it's out in the farming community, and so... I learned how to drive out in the farming community with the roundabouts and the roads a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I could take myself into Catania 20 minutes away. But I did not do that by myself for probably at least a month because I needed (laughs) Google Maps. (laughs) I wanted a friend with me to help me navigate. And of course, parking in a big city can be intimidating if you are not sure where you're going. But absolutely, a two-lane road will become four in Italy. Parking on the little patch of grass outside of the the cafe to go in and get an espresso, that now becomes a parking spot, even though it's just a patch of grass. And so there are really no rules. (laughs) You you best follow the speed of traffic because even, you know, speed signs, no one follows them. You just, and they'll be honking at you, passing you, unless you're following that speed of traffic. So, (laughs) um. Like I said, it's a little bit like the Wild West. It is a poorer area of Italy, but their culture is still so rich, which is what I find beautiful about it. Family is a very important part of their culture. They're very prideful to be Italian. I mean, and especially, I should say, I'm sorry, sorry, Sicilians, but they are prideful to be Sicilian. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, I think, unmatched in our American cultures. I think you see it. Sometimes I think we saw it as children growing up, but you don't see that anymore. These big family gatherings of everybody all the time getting together, laughing. Kids are welcome anywhere. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you cannot get dinner in most places before 8 p.m. in Italy, which for about three years, we didn't go out to dinner unless we had a sitter because our kids would be melting down by 730. So it was just not worth it. Right. But you would see kids out and they'd be out till 10 p.m. and they'd just be hanging. I mean, that was part of their culture, um, which I found so beautiful and wonderful. The ease of travel was incredible. I think you probably know that, Jackie, having been there for a summer. But you can take trains, you can take planes, and flights are so cheap. I mean, I think we flew to Budapest for 40 euro, which – yeah. At that time it was about $45. Yep. So it's it's so cheap. Airbnbs aren't super expensive. What is expensive is checking your bag. So get used to taking a carry-on. <laughs> yeah. Um it allows you to see so many places and just seeing the different cultures at your fingertips so easily was really beautiful. Well, it's so different because Europe is like the United States. You know, it's like the size, but every state has, you know, a totally different language and culture where 
you know, we've tried to scrub out regional differences Mm -hmm. in our nation, which is kind of sad. You know, there's not as much diversity as there used to be as we've become more and more homogenized, where Europe, it's the same amount of travel size as our country, but there's way more diversity. Yeah. So, you know, you you get that benefit. I mean, not that there isn't diversity at all in the U.S. and places you go, but you know what I mean? Like, they would freak out the fact, like, all of Europe has one language. Yeah. Like, they would know what to do with that. Yeah. So were there any other just funny or wild or crazy things that happened to you while you were in Sicily? I know my husband and I, I was asking my husband about this because I'm like, what wild things that happened? One of my favorite memories actually is we, we lived there through June of 2020. So COVID had hit by the time we were still living there. And our last trip we took was my husband is Cuban and his family immigrated from Southern Spain to Cuba. We decided to go to Southern Spain, which I think is comparable to Sicily and Southern Italy in a way. But we we knew we were going to hit four cities. We rented a car and I knew I had the advantage of my husband being fluent in Spanish. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> That's going to work really well. <laughs> but we went to Sevilla and we had no idea this was going to be the case, but it was when the orange blossoms were blooming in Sevilla. And if you've oh. ever been there, there are orange blossoms through the center of the streets. The st- walking the streets in Europe is just beautiful. These cities are meant to be walkable. And so we would wander these streets and get lost and do our typical weekend visit to a place, but with the scent of orange blossoms mm. behind And it just made everything have this touch of magic to it. To this day, that scent will transport me back there immediately. And the other beautiful thing is it was Carnival because it was coming up to be the season of Lent. Mm. And so there was these massive street parties going on and festivals and little side story but my husband and I at our wedding our first dance we did a salsa dance and the song we used and we walked up to the street festival and just this band on the street was playing the song we danced to in our wedding which was so sweet (laughs) so and my dad was a musician as, as when I was a kid and so any type of live music like that I am just mesmerized and you can find that all over Europe I remember being in Krakow finding a band playing on the side of the street and I'd be like let's just sit here and watch this for the rest of the afternoon and my husband's like okay well the kids are getting antsy I'm like okay just five more minutes (laughs) (laughs) but they're always celebrating something there too always and I'm not saying we don't do that here in America but there's always something to celebrate and they're always doing festivals and you know whether it's a saint day or it's Independence Day. I mean, there is always something going on over in Europe. A lot of Saint Days. A Plenty lot of, of those. Days. Yes. <laughs> and it is a massive, especially if it's the patron saint of that city, it is a massive festival with a procession. And people work all year to produce that. Would you go back to Sicily? In a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell our parents but i tell 
my husband all the time. I'm like, if you ever get orders to Europe again, you don't even need to call me. You can just sign the paper and we'll go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care where we go because I've heard great things about Germany, about there's a base in southern Spain. I'm like, you just sign the paper and we'll we'll be there. We'll follow you. Now, what can a visitor do or try to get a taste of Sicily if they're visiting there? So if they go for a visit, they're not going to live there, but they want to get a sense of Sicily. What would you recommend that they do? Yes. So I would recommend, I, I'm i saying this because I know the Catania side. I went to the Palermo side a handful of times. So I'll give you my Catania itinerary. Okay. Rent a car. Now, block out what I said about driving being crazy. You just need to get out of the Catania airport and out of Catania and you will be fine because it is a very rural area. So once you get out of the main city, you will be driving on country roads and you will not have the craziness. I promise. But there is so much to see in Sicily and you could do it via a tour bus, but I think you will find it so much more enjoyable if you can take your own pace and you can get lost in these little cities. And so rent a car, fly to Catania, maybe spend two or three days in Catania on the front end or the back end, because there is a lot to see there too. There's a really well-known fish market. The fish comes in daily and there it's like the hawking of the fish. You know, they're yelling in Italian, they're selling their fish, they're tossing fish around. It is an experience in itself. There's the produce markets, which are to die for. Go wander. You can take a pasta making class. You could eat at the cafes. There's a dish called pasta alla norma, and it is Catania's signature dish. And it is a different eggplant than we, a variety than we have here in America. Because I always thought I did not like eggplant, the one we had, that long one that we have here. Right. This is more of a rounder one. It almost is like an oblong cantaloupe, maybe, but it's huh. still purple. So you can tell it's an eggplant. But they, fr- they dice that up, they fry that, they make a sweet tomato sauce because in Sicily they're known my father-in-law is he his family's from Sicily they put sugar in their pasta sauce which is mm. a southern italy thing and so it's a sweeter tomato sauce and then they pair that with salted ricotta and it is it is so good <laughs> i've been hunting for salted ricotta in america just so i can recreate it but it is a challenging thing to find i should add that the people are so kind they are they will love on your children. We had the unicorn of babysitters that I've never been able to recreate that she was like a grandmother to her kids and she loved them like they were her own grandchildren. It was so sad to leave her. And everybody as we would travel was so gracious and so kind. Where I think you had asked me a little bit about like those American moments and I think that's one thing as Americans we could learn to do a little bit better is we get really frustrated when we can't communicate or the person that we're speaking to can't communicate with us. But we have to remember that we're traveling in their country and we don't know their language. They don't have to know English. That is not a requirement to live in Sicily or wherever you're traveling. And I would see that quite a bit. And so that was another bit of the patience of just being gracious. I mean, they're trying, we're trying, we're doing the whole pointing method of, you know, I want this and my very few Italian words and per favore, per favore, just always saying please, like, because I'm like. (laughs) I always tell people, if you're going to a foreign country, the very first words and phrases you need to learn are your manner words. 
Yeah. Please, thank you. Excuse me. You know, those will get you so far. Everybody likes good manners. Yeah. And there will inevitably be a language barrier. I mean, that's just something you need to prepare for. And I'm not saying you need to understand the language, but again, you can whip out Google Translate now and you can type in what you want to say and make it go to Italian and you can communicate. But I just think as Americans, we just could, we could learn from that way of life a little bit of being kinder and more gracious with that language barrier. And I'm sure these cities where they get a lot of tourists, they encounter this on the daily. So they are used to it. Well, we are not maybe as used to that. So you're not as well trained, but giving them the benefit of the doubt, they're trying to. That is some good travel advice. (laughs) (laughs) So back to your itinerary. So then you could go either two ways, but I would suggest doing both. You're going to take your car directly south down the coast, and you're going to go to a town called Artesia and Syracuse. And what I didn't mention about Catania is a lot of the buildings are built and the streets are built from lava rock. Mm. So it's very dark. It is not asphalt. It's not as dark as asphalt. It's more of a gray tone. But the city itself is a very darker, dark city because of being built in lava rock, right? If you right. can envision what that looks like. Yep. If you head down the coast, it is built in this white marble. These cities are totally opposite and they are stunningly beautiful. They're on the coast. You could take a boat tour from there, do a sunset tour. You could go fishing there if that's your thing. Um, but those are beautiful cities you could see. And then if you really wanted to do a little bit more of a foodie tour, that's where all those towns are that are known for the pistachios, for the chocolate, uh, for their almonds. You could do that whole little loop and you could hit those towns and you could kind of see what that looks like What I'm talking about, where a town is really built around being a chocolatier of a town. (laughs) So then you're going to take your car back up and you're going to go up to Etna, which I didn't mention when we lived there. We... I mentioned we lived in this rural area, but there was no towns obstructing our view of Etna. And if you don't know much about Mount Etna, it is, I think, the largest volcano in the world and also one of the most active. So it is always erupting. Oh, wow. So don't think this is a scary thing. Where we lived on the military base, it was not even close to erupting on us. But you would see the ash plume in the sky and it would create these beautiful sunsets because of this ash that would sometimes be in the air which would alter the color the colors of the sunset and i am a sucker for sunset so that was hmm. ditto yes <laughs> but you're going to take your car and you're going to go up towards etna and i would suggest going to the Terramina side because that's another beautiful seaside village cruise ships even dock there so it is a very touristy place but it is beautiful get lost go shopping and eat and One dish I didn't mention, there's a dish called granita, which to us is kind of like an Italian ice, but it's better. (laughs) And you eat it with a brioche, which seems kind of odd that you're going to dip your bread in this Italian ice type concoction, but that is a staple breakfast in Sicily. So you can get fruit granita options, or you can get the staple is an almond, a mandorla one. And I would suggest that with a mix with chocolate and then get your brioche. And that's where you're going to go. One of the best granitas I have on the island is at this place called Bambar in Terramina. So you could go there. (laughs) And then you're going to head just west and you're going to go up to Etna. And there's wineries up there. There's hiking up there. 
and it is beautiful. The higher up you get, you can only imagine you're getting a beautiful view of the coast of Sicily. And on a clear day, you could even see into the toe of Italy. You could see into Calabria. So it is a beautiful, beautiful place. So that's what I would suggest. That's probably a week of itinerary there. If you want to see the west side, the west side of the island, give yourself a whole nother week because remember, it's a four hour drive to get all the way to the west side as well. And there's so much to see. There's another beautiful village up north called Chefalu. And that's where my father-in-law happens to still have family that lived there. And that was one of our coolest experiences, I think, living in Sicily is we could drive. It was about two hours from where we lived and his family still live there. So we would go and we wouldn't eat for the week before we went because they fed us a five course meal every time we went. <laughs> I remember the first time we had visited, my brother-in-law was visiting. And so we decided to go up and, and see them. And they brought out like a cheese platter, right? Like what we would call a charcuterie board, essentially. And then they brought out the a soup. And then they brought out the pasta dish. And I'm like, okay, we've already had three courses. And it was the pasta alla norma. And I'm like, oh, this is delicious. I'm eating it up. And then they come out with the meat course. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And every course is pair- was paired with a different wine, right? So wow. it's just – and this is their Sunday dinners. This was a staple that they did to bring all the family together and have this meal together once a week, which is what I kind of talked about with that family Who aspect. cooking all this? Yeah, right. The sisters lived in the same house. One lived on the middle floor, and then one lived below. And then they had a brother. He lived over overseas, quote unquote. I think he lived in France. But so his top floor unit was empty most of the time. Um, but they would prepare it together. And and that was the beauty of it too, right? They're cooking together. They're just family is a cornerstone of their culture. And, um, but yeah, and then they brought out the dessert course and then they brought out the second dessert course. I'm not, even, by that point I had to be rolled out the door. Two desserts. Wow. These are decadent people. <laughs> and again, they're paired with a limoncello was one and the other one was paired with a different aperitif. And so it is, you know, and this is not at a restaurant. This was at their family home. It oh was incredible. You're not moving for no. a week. No, but that's another beautiful village of Sicily. It's um, It was actually settled by the Moors, which that is one thing about C- Sicily. It has been conquered so many times. So there is the Moorish influence. There is the Spanish influence. There are so many different influences in these parts of Sicily where they were conquered and where these people came in and settled. So you get different food flavorings, you get different building structures. So even in Sicily, talk about Europe being diverse. You're going to see that diversity as you travel the island. Totally pivoting over to Bookish Flight, how we originally met your podcast. Give our listeners a quick, what what is Bookish Flight about? Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, I don't find it actually too much of a pivot because Moving to Sicily and this slower pace of life is really where I fell in love with reading again. I were pulled away from our family, right? We did create a family and that was the one one other beautiful thing I want to add about it is we made the best of friends living in Sicily. You become each other's family because you have to. There's no one else there. You're not traveling home for Christmas. You're not traveling home for Thanksgiving. You are celebrating each other's birthdays and you are showing up where your family would normally be there for you. But 
One of the ways I found making a community as we move around is actually through book clubs. And so this is a technique I have used as we've moved with the military is to join or create a book club to help make a community for myself. Because again, I know that is one way, something that I need to feel grounded in an area that we live. And so Cicely was where that I created my first book club with my friends. And that was where I fell in love with reading again. And what we would do in that book club is everybody brought a different book idea for the year. And that was how we would map it out. So that really pushed me out of my reading comfort zone, right? It was reading books Mm -hmm. that my friend might want to read that I would have never picked up, but ended up being a great read for me. And so bookish flights came from this a little bit, right? Of this love of reading, but also missing my physical therapy days. Because what I realized I miss about being in the clinic is hearing people's stories, hearing who they were. I spend 45 minutes to an hour with a patient once a week for seven to 10 weeks on average, right? And so Mm -hmm. I really got to know people and hear their story. And as we've moved back to the States, we've moved around a lot in three years. So I have not gone back to the clinic. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I marry these two? My love of books and hearing people's stories. I think people are absolutely fascinating. They are. I agree. (laughs) And so Bookish Flights is just that. The first part of the episode, we're getting to know someone, we're hearing their life story, maybe not that as expansive, but what's something really interesting about them. And then what each guest will do is they will bring a book flight, whether that might be some of their favorite books or books that they think pair well to their topic that they've talked about. And they'll introduce us to a book flight of three books that would pair well together. So if you want to try out this genre or you want to try out this topic of books, you'll really be able to dive in and read these three books. And it will really give you a sense of that topic or genre. And my hope from this is, like I mentioned, is to really expand our reading horizons, right? I think we can tend to pigeonhole ourselves into a certain genre of books because we know we like it. And we're all short on time, right? So you know you want to get pick a good book, but I'm hoping to become a trusted source that you can come to really push you out of your comfort zone and read something different to help us all read more, but read well in the limited time that we have. That's lovely. And it was so much fun to be interviewed on your show. Yay, I'm so glad. And it is. It's nice to hear about these different books and, and how people feel about them and and get a nice deep dive. Cause you're right. Like you only have so much time. And so you're looking for something that you can connect to, but it also, it is good. That's one of the nice things about book clubs is you do get out of your comfort zone. You read something that you wouldn't normally pick and it opens your mind a little bit. It's it, you get to travel through books. Now, have you done a travel flight yet? I have not. That was one of my, when I was brainstorming to do this show, that was one of my ideas I had on there because I think you could take that, have a flight about Sicily, right? Like I think there's so many options within a book flight, which is why I decided to go that route and how I would present the show. You should totally have one about Italy. Yeah. Have some, or, or just do it yourself. Just do it yourself and talk about, you know, your Italy books. Yeah, I have an episode coming up and he presented a book on a powerful sense of place. It's not Mm. specific to a region, though, but I think that would be really fun. 
we have had a delightful trip to Sicily <laughs> and I am so hungry right now. <laughs> I <laughs> and and you have made me want to try so many different kinds of foods. Uh, you're going to have to send me the name of several of the things that you've talked about so I can put them on the episode notes. I'll make, <laughs> because, a, I'll make a little flight of food. <laughs> uh, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. Because I think there's going to be a lot of listeners who are like, I, I need to know that name. I want to go look it up, like pictures yeah. and can I find it in my Italian restaurants and all that sort of thing. And so, I can send the city names too for a pot- potential itinerary if if you want to use that or have it on your you know accessibility because I think that, with the I'm saying in the in the Italian pronunciation so to that, us Americans we might say it a little bit differently you know if we were to see it on paper so yep <laughs> great give it to me and I will put your social media links. on the episode notes too um real quick where can people find you so it's at bookish flights on facebook and on instagram and it's also bookishflights.com so it's pretty pretty simple (laughs) easy peasy excellent yes but well this interview has just been easy peasy as always because you and i just we can't stop talking. That's our problem. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope that we actually stay in touch and stay friends. I feel like every time we've talked, we've had the gift of gab. So <laughs> I, I touch totally, in our journey. Yes, we'll continue. <laughs> and I look forward to hearing stories about where you're at now. You, The sun gods have just blessed you. Oh, yeah. Like, you have been living in some of the sunniest happy. That's why you're so happy. That's why you're so cheerful. You get so much freaking sun. Yes, I'm a little jealous. Yeah, now we're in San Diego. But I will say, I I say this was the best of meaning, but we spent a year in purgatory in 2021. We lived in Washington State for a year. <laughs> it was a beautiful place. I I don't say that in a bad way, but it was a year of solid rain. (laughs) (laughs) So that was our payback, I think. Um, And actually, it's been a really rainy winter here in Chicago. I'm a little scared that we brought it down from Washington with us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again for coming on. This has been delightful. And I look forward to us continuing our personal chat. Yes. Thank you again, Jackie. Hello again, my friends. Are you hungry yet? I am. So I'm going to go find myself something to eat. I hope you enjoyed this travel adventure and hearing about life as a military family. I sure learned a lot. If you've got thoughts about this episode or heck, you want to share your travel stories, head on over to my Jackie Lens author Facebook page or on Instagram. Tell me about them. I want to hear them. Thanks for sticking around until the end. You are the best fans in the world. And a shout out to my fans in Silver Spring, Maryland. Thanks for having a listen. I am so grateful for you. To longtime fans or new ones, until next time, I wish you well. (music) 